Hey, Biff Bites listeners, this is your friend, Adam Scherer, here today with a Biff Bites solo flight. Uh, before getting started, I just wanted to thank each of you for all the warm feedback and kind words about our recent shift to a weekly podcast. Um, it's been a lot of fun to brainstorm with the crew the different topics we're going to talk about. We've been having a lot of fun. It's just great to hear that it's being received well on your end. And one of the nice things about uh, shifting to this and uh, getting some of your feedback is that we had some great ideas for podcast episodes. So today's installment is going to be on Internal Revenue Codes, Section 1231, Section 1245, and Section 1250 property and its different tax treatment. And this comes from one of our listeners. So thank you so much for the great idea. This happens to be a topic that is uh, quite nuanced. It can be confusing, certainly for those that are candidates for CFP certification, but also for practitioners too. Uh, there's a lot of documentation that needs to take place when we're looking at 1231 property and um, some pretty sophisticated knowledge of the tax. So we're going to give an overview today of sections 1231, 1245, 1250. Uh, we're going to keep it more generally oriented because it is uh, quite a doozy to work through, but I hope to leave you with at least uh, a good idea of what these different sections are about, and um, we'll take it from there, okay? So let's uh, set the stage. When we're talking about Section 1231, 1245, 1250. I want us to just orient ourselves on the business side of the world. Okay. That is because in the IRC, Section 1231 property is property that's both used in the trade or business and held for the production of income. Right. So a lot of the benefits that you see from different uh, business tax entities uh, are put in there with the implicit understanding that that entity is going to be used to turn a profit. And there are actually these rules that are in place uh, called the, the hobby rules, right? And the, the way that, they, that it goes is that uh, you need to have produced profit in any three of your last five years, uh, or else the IRC, the IRS, uh, might view you as a hobbyist. And when you're a hobbyist, you don't have the benefit of any of that great stuff that comes along with owning a business, right? So all of the deductions and different tax treatment kind of goes out the door and uh, you're left to treat any hobby generated income as just that that gets included on your form 1040. For those business owners, uh, there is quite a bit of benefit that comes around for running a business. And section 1231 is one of the key areas where there's some great tax benefit. And the essence of 1231 and the property under the 1231 umbrella is it is the best of both worlds uh, in terms of tax treatment for a piece of property in that the gains that are section 1231 gains are capital gains. And those are beneficial because of the cap gains rates, the long-term cap gains rates, right? Zero, 15, 20, right? On the other side, any Section 1231 losses are going to be treated as ordinary losses. And the reason that's important is because 
if you had capital losses, there's a limitation for the amount of capital losses uh, year over year. All right. So it's a very unique tax situation in that you have these two things happening, uh, both for, for the gains piece and for the loss. So I, I mentioned just before the 1231 umbrella. All right. When we talk about 1231, we're talking about different types of property, but to figure out what exactly types the types of property are that are eligible for this best of both worlds, capital asset, uh, capital gains on the upside, uh, ordinary losses on the downside treatment, we look under the umbrella and we see sections 1245 and section 1250. And section 1245 property is what's known as personality. Okay, so this could be fixtures, this could be lamps, couches, these could be computers. Um, the stuff in the business, right, that can be movable and that is going to have a useful life that can be depreciated over time. On the other hand, Section 1250, still eligible for that 1231 treatment, cap gains on the upside, ordinary losses on the downside. 1250 property is realty. So there we're talking about a storefront, um, a, an apartment building, right? These are these are the things that uh, are going to be treated with 1250 treatment. And this is kind of tough to do uh, through audio. I usually lean heavily when I teach this on some of the visuals, but I'm going to try to speak this through as, as slowly as I can. So if you're listening along and you're a CFP candidate, you may want to have some visual reference. Um, if you want an example of, of what that might look like, reach out to us. Uh, you can reach out to me directly, adam at bryantcfp.com. Happy to share an example with you. Uh, but really, the stage is set. 1231 is this best of both worlds tax treatment. Underneath the umbrella, we can break the types of property down into two buckets. 1245 property, personality, 1250 property, realty. Now, when a piece of section 1245 property is sold, there's a couple of things we need to consider. Uh, the first is each one of these pieces of 1245 property is gonna be subject to depreciation. So with depreciation, year over year, uh, as a result of the wear and aging of different property in a business, uh, the business owners are allowed to deduct uh, a depreciation deduction. And what that does is it lowers the original purchase price or the basis down to what's called an adjusted basis. So if you can imagine, over time, the basis is getting reduced down to an adjusted basis because every year that you take a depreciation deduction, it lowers that basis. So the terminology we'll use here is adjusted basis. That means the original purchase price less any depreciation taken over the useful life of that property. This comes into play and is important because when you dispose or sell a piece of section 1245 property, there's really gonna be three slices of tax treatment or potential tax treatment. So the first slice is uh, what we're going to call section 1245 treatment. So if you, if you have a pad and note, uh, notebook and, and a, a piece of paper or a, a pencil available, maybe you could write this out. So write down original basis, make a line, and then go lower in the page and put adjusted basis in your right line. That space there represents the depreciation, okay? That is subject to 1245 treatment. And if you were to sell an asset above the adjusted basis, but lower than the original purchase price, you're in this part of the uh, tax sandwich, if we call it that. And what's going to happen is 
that depreciation you had is actually recaptured and it's treated as ordinary income. So you don't get that best of both worlds tax treatment. Where some of the 1231 benefit kicks in is if we go back to our adjusted basis, remember that's original purchase price that is uh, depreciated down to adjusted basis, right? And you sell that for an amount that's above the original price. The way that it works is this, the distance for all of the depreciation taken is going to be treated as section 1245 ordinary income. But when you start having gains that go above the original purchase price, those amounts are gonna have that special 1231 capital gain treatment. Now, on the flip side, let's say that this 1245 property, again, this is personality, it's used in the business for the production of income, right? Personality, say it's a couch. Let's say it's Carl Richard's blue couch. And let's say uh, people are, are losing interest in the elegant simplicity of Carl Richards and his, uh, his sketches, okay? They want to go back to an earlier time where financial information was absurdly complicated uh, for some reason. And as a result, the market's just not interested in Carl's blue couch. So Carl's blue couch is actually valued lower than the adjusted basis that Carl originally paid for. So the way that this works on the downside so as if you were to sell Carl's couch below the adjusted basis, it's actually going to get that beneficial 1231 treatment, and it's going to be all ordinary loss, okay, um, which is great because you could use all of it on your personal tax return. Fantastic, right? So uh, again, visuals help tremendously here. When I'm teaching this thing through, uh, it usually will have a visual associated and I can really walk through the different stories and, and identify the tax treatment. But really what you're working with here is um, it's an Oreo cookie almost, all right? The cookie outsides are both 1231 and, uh, and that inside, the cream inside, the cream filling is actually 1250, okay? If you can imagine that, right? A delicious tax cookie sandwich. All right, moving on to uh, section 1250. So very closely related, and I'm not going to walk through all of the, the stories here, but accounting for 1250 distribution involves one little twist. It's very similar in that any gains above the original purchase price are going to be treated as a 1231 gain, and they'll be subject to capital gains at the preferential rates. Any losses that are below the adjusted base, remember, that's the basis we arrive at through depreciation over the year. Anything lower than that is going to have that preferential 1231 ordinary loss. The difference comes in between in one of the funkiest tax terms that's out there. For those of you that are preparing for your CFP exam, this can be found on your tax tables. There's actually reference to it. In that icing filling of your tax cookie for 1250, that distance between your original basis and the adjusted basis, if you sell it within that range, or above, right? If, even if you sell it for above, any gains in that zone are going to be taxed at a special rate, which is called an unrecaptured section 1250. And the rate that's applied there is 25% flat. A great way to remember this is that in section 1250, the number 25 rate is right there in the middle. Okay. So you won't forget that. But just keep in mind that this applies to real estate specifically. Um, one last piece. I know this is, again, a tough topic to really talk through in an audio format. So we're doing our best here. One last little wrinkle. I've been talking about this best of both worlds with section 1231. 
there's one asterisk, uh, this ain't so good element to this. And that comes with uh, the 1231 gains and losses and how they're treated over these. Because you see, there is a recapture provision. Uh, so even if you have a year, several years ago, let's say three years ago, you had that awesome ordinary loss uh, that was a 1231 loss on one of your uh, pieces of section 1245 property in your business. If you have a uh, 1231 gain, what happens is there's a five-year look-back rule. And, it, and that five-year look-back, it's searching for unrecaptured losses. And what can happen is those gains from the current year could eat up the losses from a past year, and they recharacterize those as ordinary income. So it's actually quite a big deal. Um, and it's something to look out for. for. For CFP students that are out there, that piece of the puzzle is usually not the most testable. That gets pretty deep into the nuance. But for people that are working with clients, it's not just we, we get the losses we, in one year and then we're done. Uh, there's always the possibility that that five-year look back can eat up some of those losses from a previous year. And then any anything that results from that, when you recharacterize it, it's going to be ordinary. And, all right. So in closing, just a, uh, a high-level overview here. Section 1231 of the code refers to property used in a trade or business that's held for the production of income. And at its core, 1231 property is special because the gains that are that are considered 1231 gains, gains above original basis, are going to be taxed as capital gain at the preferential rates. Any losses that are below adjusted basis are going to be taxed as ordinary losses. Under the umbrella of 1231, there are two buckets. One bucket is for 1245, which personality, uh, section 1245 gains are taxed at ordinary income. And then there's section 1250. 1250 gains are taxed at a special unrecaptured section 1250 gain rate of 25%. Okay, <sighs> right, take a deep breath. You got this stuff, whether you're a practitioner or someone that's preparing for your CFP exam. Um, this is, it's very doable. Uh, what I found with a lot of these tax concepts, it's, it's actually the hard work that takes place in trying to wrap your own head around this stuff. So. If this podcast can even serve as a starting point for your learning journey to figure this stuff out, this is time well spent from my perspective. Um, another side note, as I'm saying, section this and section that of the IRC, um, I am absolutely not one of those wizards that has mastery over all the section numbers in the, the uh, Internal Revenue Code and some very capable, very talented uh, tax professionals that are out there that I know of that I'm friendly with don't do that broadly. Uh, I think it is important to know some of the more common ones, right? Like um, section 179 and 121 for the sale of personal residences and potential exclusions on the gains of a sale. Uh, section 1231, 1245, and 1250, I think are used often enough, um, especially when describing this stuff, that I think it is worth memorizing this. Uh, and just having that as part of your planner vocabulary. That's all I got to say about that. Uh, in other news, we are off in another BIF review cycle. Uh, it's always an opportunity for me to, to sharpen the delivery of this stuff and um, to just let the community that's out there that's preparing for this exam or looking to become better practitioners that uh, we, we really love our work, 
helping you become better planners. And I encourage you to, to just send questions in, all right? Um, there's a, often a variety of questions I get in the exam prep experience and our team gets, which are clearly coming from a planner or an advisor that is working through a real world applied experience. And how do I know that? They're often like super specific, uh, sometimes including dollars. Uh, some people are really transparent. They just say, hey, this is for someone I'm working with. Can you help me out or at least guide me to a resource? I'm always happy to do that. Uh, what I tell people in our program is that I can't, I can't be solving that for your clients. But if you're having an issue with your client um, or had an experience, right, that you think would be beneficial to the planning community, please let the BIF team know because uh, number one, we'd love to talk to you and, uh, and possibly have you on as a guest. But number two, these, these commonly encountered uh, twists, right, in the planning work at, at the point of really working with the clients, I think it makes for just really valuable knowledge for all of the people out there. Who are, uh, thanks again. Glad to share another solo flight on the tax side with you. Uh, study on, keep going, and look forward to hearing from you soon. Take care, all. Bye. Bye.